Orange is the New Black, Season 3, Episode 4, is over. But we are just getting started here at Post Show Recaps. Um, my name is Jessica Lee, and I am optimistic about the evening we're going to have and shit. Let's all sing the days of the week, and Black Eyed Peas are going to give me and my co-host, Taylor Cotter, all of the monies. How you I, doing, Taylor? I'm doing great. How are you, Jess? I'm doing great. Um, I'm very excited. I thought this was a great episode. Um, injected a little bit of much-needed levity after the heavy hit that was episode three. Agreed. This felt like a little bit of a return to form from three episodes that were very uh, information-heavy to kind of just one that was still, you know, still the melodrama, still the emotion, but just a little more uh, digestible. Yeah, um, a little bit less wrenching in a lot of ways. Um, And once again, kind of a deep dive into one character's psyche rather than trying to just refresh us on what's going on. Yeah, which I I like. That's probably my favorite part about this show is the character building. So I appreciated it. Yeah, so our top story was basically we finally get we get a new character getting a flashback which is always fun and the character is boo and that seems like it's been pretty overdue considering that she really emerged as one of the main players last season so i figured this was coming and we get to kind of meditate on the subject of identity yes um and it kind of we definitely got more information about boo who, you know, really so much of her identity was built around being this lesbian in the prison. And uh, as much as I kind of wanted to see more of her, it uh, it kind of just sort of reinforced that that is who she is. That she kind of says something like, hey, I, I don't have a sad sob story background. You know, this is just who I am. And we really don't learn anything about how she landed in prison but kind of just getting a better idea of like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't a front. This is just who she is. I was assuming it had something to do with the fact that she was a bookie on the outside. Yeah, that's what I figured too. And they didn't say anything specific, but once that kind of showed up, that's where I thought this story was going, but it took a turn. Yeah. It, it ended up being a little bit more like, like you said, last episode, one of the recurring motifs this season is definitely mothers and children. Mom stuff. Yep, and so Boo's got a parcel of mom issues of her own. Yes. And we kind of learn that um, it's really cost her a lot to be who she really is, so it's not surprising that she's unable or unwilling to sell that out for something as stupid as getting the analog of the Westboro Baptist Church to fill up her commissary. Yeah. Can you believe they called it the Eastboro Baptist Church? Yeah, that was a little bit, that was a little bit on the nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, all right, I guess I... You know, no reason to be subtle here, but, uh, yeah, felt very, very, very close. Yeah, yeah. So we get a lot of the, I guess now that, now that there's no heroin, um, in the prison anymore and Boo doesn't have a business going, uh, she's got some more time to hang out with Pensatucky and the two of them are becoming probably the second greatest dynamic duo that Litchfield has to offer, probably right beside, right behind Tasty and Pousset. Yeah, they are so fun together. I really, really like them. And uh, they're kind of, uh, you know, two sides of the same coin. Like, they are very uh, kind of falsely wise, I think. Or they're wise in their own ways, which is really, really fun to watch them play off each other. Yeah, and neither one of them has any tolerance for bullshit. Yes. Which I think makes them a great pair. And I really love the character development that we're getting out of Pensatucky this season. 
Yeah, she's really breaking down from someone who, you know, was kind of brought in as maybe not a one note character, but a very purposeful foil to a lot of people in the prison. Like that's being broken down and we're getting to see the different facets of her personality. And she's not just some, you know, redneck meth head like she actually she's smart and thoughtful and really, really, really funny. So uh, I I she's becoming a top tier person for me this season. Yeah. And she's a great person to pair with Boo because she is someone who her entire outside persona is constructed on this artificial idea that she had a political agenda to promote, whereas Boo is really the most authentic person probably in the entire prison. Right. Yeah. I kind of liked uh, or I liked a lot when when uh, Pensateki was like, oh, actually, I, you know, I just shot her because she was mean to me. And Boo was like, oh, finally, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's uh, way more understandable. Right. Yeah, it was a really great moment. Yeah, and I think it was kind of flimsy. I'm not saying I don't think it was necessarily all that believable that Boo would try to exploit this Fred Phelps analog um, and that she would even be able or willing to pretend like just to get money out of them. But it was it was humorous and we got a few great moments out of it. Yes, agreed. Yeah, like we get we get the makeover scene. I know that was in the previews. So I was really interested to see kind of how that would play into the season. And yeah, really, really cute. Um, I, I am. And I think I said this last year and probably the first year too. I just really do not understand why Sophia is being relegated to like a third tier character on this show. Yeah. I mean, Laverne Cox was really one of the breakout stars and I thought we'd be seeing a lot more of her. Yeah, I just do not get it. So it's like two full episodes with nothing and then just one scene in this episode and absolutely no build up or character development. Yeah, I don't understand why it was happening. I I hope that we're gearing up for like maybe she'll have her own episode in its entirety later on. I hope so. Because I I really I really miss her. I think she's wonderful. Yeah. And they I you know, I just constantly expect them to double down on her because, yeah, like you said, she's a breakout. She's one of the most popular characters, most popular actresses from the show. And uh, they are not giving her the attention that she deserves. Yeah. And with the cast this big, I guess it's inevitable that some of the characters are going to get underutilized. But honestly, there's some things that we have seen this episode and all season long that really we could have cut that down a lot. And we could have gotten some more of some of the characters that we like a little bit better. Agreed. Yeah. So what did you think of Boo's flashbacks? I thought they were interesting. Um, It, um... Like I said, it just kind of uh, really just reemphasized the fact that, like, this is who she is. Um, sure, I haven't um, seen this show yet, but I really want to. And it reminds me a lot of, um, do you know the musical Fun Home? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the, especially the very first scene with the uh, dresses and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is this is very Fun Home. Um, and uh, I like it. I think it's. It's almost uh, easy to forget that, like, yeah, not everyone has a sob story. Like, not everyone, and especially not everyone who, you know, faces adversity in their life has a hard time with it. So, um, kind of, uh, so much of Boo's identity was built up in the way that, you know, her parents were really uh, 
you know, somewhat oppressive towards her and definitely not abusive, but really, you know, not understanding of who she is. And uh, she has to work hard to be able to feel comfortable and to assume her own identity. And uh, that, uh, like, to me, that was the main message of it. And uh, it's kind of it's interesting to juxtapose that with what was going on with Piper and a couple other things in the episode. But um, it definitely wasn't the most eye-opening flashback that we've seen. No, definitely not. It, it felt like maybe they have a list of people that they think that we need to see a flashback from, and they're just kind of ticking a box here. Right, right. Yeah. And I think um, there's, and I can't remember the name of anything that I ever bring up on this podcast, but there's a some sort of like theory, like a media criticism theory that sometimes when a show has a gay character or a transgender character or um, that they have to go through hardship and like come out on top of it. And it's kind of a trope on some level. And it's kind of nice to see that subverted. That's like, yeah, it's not like, um, like obviously this whole thing is about boo going through the sort of oppression and hardship, but it's not like it's not, she, you know, she wasn't the victim of a hate crime or she wasn't one of these things that you see repeated when you have a, a gay character on a show. So kind of a, like the same story but a little bit of a different take on it yeah yeah it was it was kind of nice to see that you know there were more facets to her personality there's also a danger that you know the gay character ends up being the gay character exactly and um it's nice to know like of course she likes boobs and Mm -hmm. of course you know she hangs out in gay bars but you know she's also She's also got a family relationship that's complicated and she's, you know, into sports and she takes bets from people and she's got a hot temper. There's a lot of things that aren't necessarily specific to her sexuality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and Leah Delaria also, I think, is a very underrated actress. I agree. And does she, has she done a ton of acting? I think I think of her as a stand-up. I think mostly she's known for her stand-up. I don't yeah. believe she's ever had any more significant um, acting roles. Yeah, super interesting. I hope that uh, we see a lot more of her. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying having more of her around. Like there were a couple of moments that were a little bit weird last season, but she's been very, very good this season. I think she's been good. She was good for Nikki's character development and very good for Pensatucky's. Definitely. Yeah. And Pensatucky is great now as someone who's kind of taking direction from other people rather than being the instigator. I think breaking her away from her posse and having her start to be a little more self-aware, I think is also a source of some really great things. Yeah, I love seeing real growth, like personal growth, on uh, on TV. So it's it feel it feels good to watch her become a more full person. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of personal growth, um, we're seeing a little bit of an interesting evolution between the Healy Red dynamic. Yeah, what is going on there? I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of shipping it. Yeah, really. I, it's, I don't know, like, Ely is so, he can be so repellent sometimes, but when he actually starts to care about someone, and he gets sort of tender like that, it makes him much more palatable. Ooh, I can't, I can't, uh, I get what you're saying, but I feel like he's just so the worst, and I love Red so much that I just, it makes me very, very nervous. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and again, anytime you have prison staff 
and an inmate, they can't have a 100%, you know, equal friendship right. or any kind of relationship. It's you know, intrinsically flawed and unbalanced, but you can kind of see the wheels turning in yes. their heads and they're getting something from each other. Yes. And yeah, they definitely have a connection and I guess, you know, kind of can't blame red who's had, you know, a lot of stuff fall out from underneath her that she is looking to find solace in somebody. So yeah. she's totally on the rebound. And I think, Honestly, though, any any woman who can make Healy realize that women are not totally worthless, I'm for that, too. That is true. Uh, and it just, uh, it's so, I didn't see it coming, which makes me feel really stupid. But I I was really just floored when uh, when he gave her those, those roses and when he touched her arm. And I was like, oh, And oh he called God. her Galena. Ah. Yeah. ah. yeah, that's crazy. I always forget that she has a name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. That There's no way that doesn't come to a head at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Piper and Red had a little bit of a moment, too, where they're both kind of dealing with the loss of Nikki in two different ways. Yes. And Red seems more mad that Nikki couldn't save herself, and Piper's still kind of deflecting the blame everywhere else. Yeah, I can't imagine that Nikki was actually to blame here, even though... She definitely was. Piper was weird this whole episode, and I didn't know. Well, I guess it was her birthday, and she was weird about that. And then Nikki left, and she was weird about that. Um, but I couldn't really figure out what was going on with her. Yeah. I This was kind of a return to season two, Piper, I think, like mm-hmm. where she gets kind of weirdly philosophical. And I think she thinks that we're supposed to be regarding this as deep, but it's kind of just like, shut up, Piper. Right. Yeah. And... You know, I don't really care again, like, Piper and Alex, least interesting relationship in the entire series. So, you know, happy birthday, Piper. I'm, yeah, super happy for you, and I'm going to let you finish, but Mm -hmm. we don't really care that you're about to make it official. Yeah. And, like, when the camera panned over to DeMarco and Ingalls and they're playing cards, and they're like, yeah, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, that was the voice of the audience. Yeah, definitely the voice of the audience. So, whoopty shit. They're back together, reunited, and it feels so meh. <laughs> yeah, and the only good part about this is that we get uh, we get Cal back, uh, and we get to see Piper's family, which is always always a crazy delight. Yeah, a- anytime we get more Cal, I, I yep. enjoy that a lot, and he's always got some new weird project. So that was nice to see. Yeah. Um, speaking of, and this is, uh, I think we may have talked about this last year. But uh, uh, this year on the show Law and Order SVU, um, we get appearances from maybe fifteen different Orange Is the New Black oh my God. members, and Cal. It, almost every episode, there's somebody, and uh, Cal is one of them. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. everyone, if yeah, if you're jonesing for more Orange Is the New Black uh, actors and stuff. Uh, uh, all, all, literally almost all of the women end up on that show in the past year or two. So it's been a real, a real delight. That's awesome. Yeah. And, it. and Cal is one of the, one of the many Juilliard connections in the Orange is the New Black cast. Um, of course, everybody knows that uh, Danielle Brooks and Samira Wiley mm-hmm. were classmates at Juilliard. Um, but the actor that plays Cal was also there a few years earlier. That's awesome. So, you know, if you're wondering like where the great acting comes from, that is one place. Yes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so what do you think about, would you eat uh, 
liquid nitrogen made BLT flavored ice cream served, um, served by I, a guy with a weird mustache and bass drum? I have a friend who is, he's running a Kickstarter right now for, it's basically like a Keurig or a soda stream for liquid nitrogen ice cream that you can have in your house. And uh, he uh, showed me and made liquid nitrogen ice cream and you can, he can do it with literally anything. So he did it with Lucky Charms, which is a lot, you know, probably more palatable for me than (laughs) BLT, but that's like one of the things he can do. So this is, this is a feasible thing. Uh, And I can get everyone, if anyone needs to link to that Kickstarter, you can tweet me because it's amazing. Um, So I'm right there with Cal that he can, uh, he can go nuts, but yeah, I, I wouldn't eat it, but it's, a very trendy thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lucky Charms and ice cream, that's also a trendy thing. There's a, um, there's an ice cream truck here in the city that one of the flavors they sell is, um, it's a Lucky Charms with, I think, Jameson. Ooh. And it's, it's pretty amazing, but yeah, artisanal ice cream. He's very much in the moment. So I, I hope it works out for him and I, I love him. I love his wife. Yes. And I love Piper's parents being uncomfortable. I know that was really uh, so uh, a, it's kind of a ridiculous Piper moment, but you know, that's her thing. Any way to make her parents mad. I, I was glad her dad kind of reminded us like, Hey Piper, you're 32. Cause sometimes I forget Piper is 32. Yeah. Sometimes I think she's about 16. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, she, she might as well like start piercing things and, and, you know, staying out late. Right. Yeah. So her dad, you know, as much as you kind of want them to back off and let her live her life, you're like also kind of like, oh, they're not totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, and again, I think the show tends to be a little bit unfair to like some of the you know, waspier family characters and like give the indication that you know, they don't they have no idea how the real world works. But in this instance, it's true. Piper is kind of gone irresponsible and maybe prison is making her a better person in some ways but in many other ways it's just kind of highlighting all the ways in which she is a bad person yeah she's pretty much the same like i especially thinking that like now she and alex are together i'm like i i don't know if you've changed even a little bit since you started yeah and you know as for alex i think alex hasn't really gotten any great moment at all, all season, because pretty much all Alex is right now. You know, she said that Piper was her sex cow, but really it is the other way around. All we're mm-hmm. getting out of Alex is how does she relate to Piper, and she doesn't have any growth of her own. And I find that endlessly frustrating as well. I, I agree, because I really, really love Alex. I love Laura Prepon, and I think she's so talented. And yeah, the fact that she spent the first three episodes basically just having a panic attack is not, you know, not that exciting so uh in, i would love to see more uh yeah more alex i mean i think the only two people she's spoken to basically all season so far she spoke to birdie and she's spoken to piper a lot but that's it i wonder if there is uh like i remember last season there were issues with laura Pripon's schedule and i wonder if she can't be around as much as they would have liked yeah, maybe, but yeah, you know, there, there's only so much Piper Alex drama that this show needs, and we've already exceeded that mark, and we are basically one third of the way into the season. Yes. Yeah. So you know, and on the subject of things that we also do not need, 
HR drama. Yeah, I was like, let me guess. Yeah, um, HR drama. Um, if this is how we have to get Mike Birbiglia on the show, I'll take it. But <laughs> what the hell is Mike Birbiglia doing on this show? I don't know. That guy shows up everywhere. <laughs> uh, I mean, I freaking love him. I'm so excited to see him. But this is such a strange place to find him. Yes. And I love I kind of loved his character, too. Like, I loved very, very subtle, great stuff. Like when Boo comes over and is like, uh, giant heterosexual hello. And, and he waves. Yeah, he waves. <laughs> like, everyone is so confused. And he's just like, oh, hello. Like, very, very cute. Um, yeah, HR drama. I did, At least this was kind of funny hijinks of a, you know, going on a tour of the prison. So I liked that part quite a bit. Yeah, that was, this is such a sitcom trope, though. Yes, Like, yes. there's always, like, somebody has a big meeting or a big job interview or something, and everybody else has to kind of work together to keep all the really weird shit in the background so that the official people don't see it. Like, that's happened in every sitcom ever. Yes. Yeah, so... so it did feel like a comedy with, like, Tasty sneaking Suzanne out and, uh... The, the girls in the kitchen really ruining, you know, try, really trying hard to sound sophisticated and smart and ruining it. And it was, yeah, very funny. Yeah. They walk into the cafeteria and you see Morello sobbing <laughs> and Suzanne talking to her mop. Yes. And even Piper kind of, like, you would think Piper would be the one person who'd know what kind of facade to put on. Right. And that's why I felt like she was being so weird this episode because I was like, what are you doing? Like, I understand, like, she was upset with Luchek and was trying to find ways to sabotage him, but I, she wasn't being super clear about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and I liked the one guy that kept making all the really strange misogynist comments, mm-hmm. like, just super casually, like, yeah. N- NBD, you yes. know, they're all so emotional. Yeah, bitches be crazy. Yes. You know, oh, do you think you can really fix that all by your own self, honey? Yeah, if yeah, my, my lady brain can handle it. But yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah that was actually the one moment where Piper kind of endeared herself to me. Yes, yeah. Like, she got super dry, and it was almost like, for a moment, she was she was really back to form. Like, yes. there were points in the first season where I really loved Piper's kind of, you know, newfound well of cynicism. And whenever she got on that path, it was really a lot of fun to watch. So I was very, I was very happy to see a little bit of that old Piper seat back in. Yes, me too. And she is a good character. She's just not being given anything interesting to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's so many, there's only so many things you can do in a prison. I mean, that's one of the things that she kept saying was, you know, in the book, she says the biggest issue is that everybody's bored all the time. And so the show has really tried to mitigate that in a lot of different ways. But there's only so much that you've got a small amount of space. It's like having a bottle episode every episode. Right, right. Yeah. But ironically, even though, you know, Caputo has these radical cost-cutting measures that don't actually end up saving money over the national average, and even though, you know, Daya comes in the middle and's like, hey, I have some drama about the (laughs) guard that knocked me up. Yep. All of this turns out to be way, way better than any other place that the prison privatizing guys have seen up to this point. And so despite everything, they are still the lesser of all the evils. And it turns out that they're going to work with Litchfield. And so Litchfield is saved. 
Yeah, I kind of like that they got the, like, we said about the Piper Nouns thing, and then again about the heroin thing, like, they are moving quickly through a lot of these stories that, you know, it's not interesting whether the prison is going to get bought, but it is interesting what's going to happen when the prison is bought. So I am excited to kind of see the, you know, the inevitable fallout and what pro- what problems all this causes much more than I am excited to see, you know, the deliberation of whether it's worth it to buy the prison. Yeah, and this is one of those narrative beats that I think would have made a lot more sense if this were a weekly show. Right. Like, if we had gone into episode three thinking, oh my god, they are closing the prison, what's going to happen? And we had a whole week to speculate on that, as opposed to, like, being able to let next Netflix automatically load up the next episode. I think mm-hmm. that does take a lot of the suspense out of it. It definitely does. And, uh, yeah, to, it's almost more of like a journey of a, like, it's like kind of like reading a book, I guess. I don't know the best way to describe it, but, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't have the, yeah, the speculation, the emotional, like, will they or won't they of so many of these things, because I'm like, well, I'll find out in the next, you know, two hours. So why worry about it? Yeah. Yeah. And it is a it is a thing that they have a lot of trouble getting around sometimes. And most of the times they they do it very well. Do you think if Game of Thrones was released like this, it would be an entirely different experience watching it? I think Game of Thrones would be tougher because Game of Thrones has a cast of about three times as many people. Mm -hmm. And even with Orange is the New Black's universe being as big as it is, it's tough and confusing, but I have tried to binge watch Game of Thrones and it is very tough. Yeah. Like you need the whole week between episodes to digest it. And I think even to some extent I felt Breaking Bad was like that. Although Mm -hmm. in the middle there, I was watching like six or seven episodes a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think they are thoughtful about it now when they're making shows of how people are going to consume it. So yeah, I think that's interesting. And it's interesting to think about what does make a show bingeable. Right. And how do you tell that story differently? Like you said before, how do you tell the story and treat it kind of like a 13-hour movie yeah. over a, you know, over a three-month experience? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, again, we're going to be talking about this for two weeks and then never again until exactly. next year. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, if this is, this is how it was meant to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of little kind of smaller beats. Uh, we got Daya kind of coming to terms with the fact that Bennett is not coming back. Yeah, she figured that out. And very sad. I don't blame her for being very, very, very upset. Yeah. And I don't blame her for going to Gloria instead of her mother. Right. Yeah, I kind of forgot that Gloria was her stand-in mother for so long. Yeah, and Elena is probably good for many things, but I don't think she's particularly good at, you know, comforting someone over an actual human emotion. Yes, agreed. Well, he does kind of a robot in that regard. Yeah, she's tough. Uh, I think, yeah, Daya needed someone to be a mom-mom to her. Yeah. And Gloria right now is having a lot of trouble with her own family. Right. Um, Her sons are growing up really fast without her around, and she can't do anything from where she is. Right. And you can tell she's such a good mom. Like, she's a good mom to her sons and good mom to Daya. And even though her sons are having problems, like... She's, they are very scared of her and they, uh, they want to listen to her, but, um, who, who are they, they, that woman, is she a foster parent or? Yeah. Well, we met her actually in Gloria's flashback episode last season. 
Um, this is the woman that she was best friends with um, when she ran her bodega and she was mm-hmm. doing the welfare fraud. Um, and when she went to prison, she left the sons with her best friend. Yeah, so that, yeah, I think oh, there was a little bit in this with that interaction and then again with Piper and her parents and then with Soso and Meadow. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, how difficult or how perceivably difficult it is to be the the family member or the friend of the person in prison. Yeah, and how much you really don't get it. Yes, yes. And that, yeah, you think that your problems are big problems when... Yeah, yeah. I, I had to drive three hours to get here. Yep. So, well, I've been in prison for three months, so... Yeah. Yeah. I So it's definitely hard. Like, you have to kind of maintain control of your life without being in your regular life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is going to be something that Gloria is going to be struggling with. And I think it's good to give her a little bit of an arc here too. Yeah. She was so interesting last time that I don't want her to fall off. Yeah. And she was one of those characters that I didn't realize how invested I would get in her for a while. She just seemed like a background character. And then the second we got the flashback episode, I was like, why are we getting Gloria's flashback episode when so many other people haven't had theirs yet? Right. And as soon as we saw that, it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And now I want to see more of her all the time. Exactly. Yeah, she's interesting. She's in control. I liked last season when it was kind of her versus Red versus V. Um, but now that that conflict is settled. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll see as much of her this year. But I like that she is coming out as someone that has, you know, kind of this great uh, character behind her. Yeah. Like, so. And, you know, maybe she'll stay at the forefront. She works a little bit of her Santeria. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll turn everything around. It'll turn the story right back on her. Yeah, exactly. She puts some bad juju into an egg and puts mm-hmm. it in an omelet. Yeah, that, that can change everything. Suddenly up. she's the star of the whole freaking show. Yep. Yeah, so we got to talk about Soso here. Because I think Soso might have gone full Piper. Yeah, Soso is so close and she is... Finally becoming a real person. Yeah. And, you know, it is a very strong parallel with what happened to Piper. When Piper first came in and she had, like, done all this homework and people were making fun of her for it. And Soso came in and wouldn't stop talking about her experiences woofing and, you know, going to concerts Mm -hmm. and her best friend Meadow. And how cool everyone on the outside thought it was. And now Soso's had her moment of zen. Yes. I remember her very much talking about her best friend Meadow last season, and it was like a big deal. Uh, so I'm glad we finally got to meet her. And yeah, it, this is very like yeah. So so is you know probably just uh, ten, ten years younger Piper. Yeah, pretty much. So. Um, and I wonder what that's going to mean for So So. Like, what lessons can someone ten years younger take away from this experience that Piper is not going to be able to digest as well? Right. And I think we need to learn more about Soso for sure. But I hope that, uh, yeah, she seems like she might have it together a little more than Piper does just because she's not as uh, not as morally superior, I guess. Yeah, she didn't come in here thinking that she knew everything there was to know about everything. Right. And that that definitely shows. Um, I don't know that I necessarily am clamoring for a Soso flashback episode. I would love it, um, but I don't anticipate it. And I think that, um, 
there are more important stories to tell. Yeah. Yeah. We're still like, as long as there has not yet been a Norma flashback, you know, any of these flashbacks are going to feel superfluous. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So it looks like we're about to get a new character. Like there's some heavy, heavy foreshadowing here. Um, when we go into the TV room and, you know, redheaded Southern Martha Stewart is on the TV, that there's no way that doesn't mean that she is not going to make an appearance at the prison later. That makes a lot of sense. That was, I thought it was red at first. On the, and I was like, <laughs> this is so bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I, that would be interesting. I kind of just thought maybe like everyone loves those scenes with Tacey and Pusey. And I was like, oh, okay. So they're kind of giving the people what they want with just a fun scene about dancing and food and stuff, but it really didn't go anywhere. So you're probably right that some, something is there. Yeah, that, that is going to, that is going to come back to them, especially since in the original book, there is a lot of speculation um, because Piper Kerman was in prison at around the same time that Martha Stewart was. Mm -hmm. And, there was a lot of speculation in Danbury where she was that they were going to end up having Martha Stewart and everybody was preparing for what happens <laughs> when Martha Stewart gets here because Martha Stewart lives in the area and they, and was really pushing to be sent to that prison and they ended up sending her, I think to Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up not coming to pass, but it was something that was much talked about. And so there's no way they weren't going to bring a Martha Stewart type in. At oh, some point during the series. Sense. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it seems a super, like, not necessarily out of character, but random for Pusey to be so obsessed with her. So, yeah, you're probably right. And that is a very funny kind of aside to throw in, like a wrench to throw into this world. Yeah, and of all the people that would have a thing for the Martha Stewart analog, I think Pusey is very funny in that role. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a feeling someone like Red is not going to be as, as entertained by her. Yeah, I think that would be a, a pretty clear threat to Red's uh, dominance. Yeah, and I could see, like, Morello being starstruck by her just because she's on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, what did you think of uh, Morello kind of... She's breaking down a little bit. She's not doing so great yeah it was very weird to see morello without her makeup on mm -hmm. and it occurred to me when we were talking about bennett a couple episodes ago um and i said that bennett looks like always looks like he's about to cry mm -hmm. so does morello yeah. she's also one of these people like i can never tell with her like even when she's happy she's got this sort of wistful tone to it and there's always sort of welling up and it just overflowed this episode she was always crying Yes, yeah, she really, really, really couldn't handle losing Nikki, and I think doesn't really have a second person there. Yeah, I mean, Nikki was her closest confidant, and not just because they were physically intimate. Right, she's the only person that really knew Morello's deal, so that was a huge loss for her. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty rough, although she did perk up a little bit when they gave her a project, because you know, Morello loves a project. Yes. And yeah, I think she, I hope she kind of falls into that position of being the makeup artist at the prison. Yeah. Like she and Sophia would be a great team. Yeah. Everyone on the show kind of needs their their partner. And mm -hmm. I think when someone loses a partner, you got to find a new one for them. So if those two can come together, that would be really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody needs a flock to their Maritza. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we also see, like, 
Suzanne has found kind of a new partner in her roommate. Yeah, this is uh, interesting. And I think they somehow Tasty got kind of officially put in charge of babysitting Suzanne and making sure she doesn't get into trouble. And uh, they uh, she's yeah, kind of being a big sister to her on some level. Yeah, because in the first season, they talked about how racially segregated the whole prison was, but Suzanne was kind of off on her own little group. She didn't really hang out with the rest of the, you know, the people from the B dorm. Right. And now, now she's very much a part of that. I think thanks in part to V who kind of folded her in and then got smushed by the van. Yes. And this was one of those moments where I was waiting for this moment, I think because tasty is not fully kind of, gotten past the idea of her mother figure being gone and Suzanne definitely hasn't. Right. So yeah, they kind of had a natural bond to come together and it was a very, you know, interesting emotional scene that yeah, Tasty had kind of just been avoiding feeling anything and Suzanne had really been reeling from this like uh, on a psychotic level. And the fact is like Tasty is hurting just as bad as she is and had you know kind of had to have that uh breakdown yeah but there is a line you know the line you know they can commiserate they can hold hands they can cuddle but there's no spooning yes (laughs) yes to me that is a that's a fair fair line to draw yeah so you know if Pousset couldn't get anywhere with tasty suzanne's definitely not agreed yeah tasty uh yeah i i like tasty though i wish I don't know where we can get a romantic storyline for Tasty, but if we could, I would. I would be all in on it. Yeah, yeah. She's too smart for to get into anything too emotional. Yeah, she's pretty much like she's pretty pragmatic. Yes, like even more so than Pousset. Like yeah. Pousset can get kind of hot headed, and we saw that a little bit when you know everybody's kind of the. Tension is running high after everybody's been up for days and days because Suzanne's nightmares are keeping everyone up. And you mm-hmm. see Pousset almost go as far as Pensatucky did with Suzanne. Yeah, yeah, she did. And this is really, like, I think Pousset might be one of the smartest people in there, but she's also definitely got this hot-headed side to her that I think Tasty doesn't. Right, she's definitely emotional, and we've seen that more than once, and... It's it, it's funny when it not funny, but like it's always interesting when it comes out because, yeah, she for someone who is not on screen a lot is a very fully formed character. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is down to Samira Wiley. Oh, yeah. She's wonderful. She's one of the best actresses, I think, in the whole series. Yes. Another Law and Order SVU character oh well that i'm gonna have to look up yeah she it was an interesting episode too so i i recommend that honestly they all like so many of them (laughs) i I, almost all of them so all right well well definitely i know last year there was an article that went up that had all of the cast members of orange is the new black that had ever made appearances in the law and order universe and there were some really random ones right it was tons of them and this year it it must it must have doubled because almost every episode like i said but yeah so so uh cal Pusey, uh caputo definitely more i can't remember them all right now but a lot all right. Well, that's that's worth looking into. Yes. Especially once you finish binging Orange is the New Black and you need something else to binge, go look up Law & Order's Foo. Yeah, yes, if that's your thing. Yeah. 
that's your thing. Well, <laughs> if this is your thing, <laughs> we want to let you guys know that every couple of days from here until the end of the season, uh, we're going to drop a new recap of the Orange is the New Black episodes. We can't commit to every day, but we're going to do our best to make sure you've got enough content to get cool. you through to the end of until season four drops. Um, so with that in mind, we would love to just kind of get your global view of everything that's been going on. And you can contribute your feedback in a lot of different ways. Um, you can certainly go to postshowrecaps.com and leave us a comment on the actual episode page themselves. There's also a feedback link on postshowrecaps that can go straight to us. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is HeymakerHattie. Mine is Taylor Father. And we, we love to chat with you guys about anything up to and including Orange is the New Black on a global scale. Um, by the time you hear this, Taylor and I may well have been through the entire series already, so don't worry about spoiling us. We'll be fine. Yes. Um, we have, in addition to being on the main Post Show Recaps feed, there is an Orange is the New Black specific feed that includes all of our various recaps of episodes in this series, and you can subscribe to that. If you subscribe to that, Go ahead and drop us a review. Like, let us know how you like it. Give us a rating that boosts us in the that boosts us in the iTunes Store. And the more people we've got seeing that we're here in the iTunes Store, the more subscribers we get, the bigger community we get, and the more feedback we get, which helps us get better for you. So it's all it's a circle of life. Yes. So with Very that, safe. we're all salmon swimming upstream. We are all salmon swimming mm-hmm. upstream. That's not a lesbian thing. Nope. All right, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will be back uh, in a couple of days with Episode 5 for you guys. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the flip side. Enjoy. See you guys later. The animals, the animals, trap, trap, trap till the cages fall. The cages fall, the day is new, and everyone is waiting, waiting on you. Think of all the roads, think of all their crossings Taking steps is easy, standing still is hard Remember all their faces, remember all their voices Everything is different the second time